Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uncle Tony with us. Pops, what's going on? Did oh. missed you last week? Yeah, well, I missed you guys too, but uh, I was uh, out in Colorado having some fun. Might have left a few brain cells out there yeah. too. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty good, Uncle Tony. We're glad to have you back to, to shed some more knowledge on us. I do believe we'll get into it, but we, we, we gave out a parlay last week, Uncle Tony. Can you tell me how that went? Winner, 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 chicken dinner. It was a winner. If you went over to Bet Online, you would have won you some money if you'd have put in just exactly what me, Tone, and OJ said last week on the pod. And now this week, we got some. We were recording this on Wednesday night. It is eight thirty, and the Tampa Bay Rays are up three to zero. Tone, y'all, don't yep. we have a little as a pod? It's I, I'm going to call him a friend of the pod because y'all are on the pod, and he's a friend of y'all's. Don't y'all know someone either on the roster? You and uh, Jacob, who's been on before. We do. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Richards is on the 40-man roster of the Rays. He pitched some this year. He's currently not on their 28-man active for the AL, for the World Series. He was on their ALDS roster, uh, but they took a left-hander uh, into the World Series because of the number of left-handers that um, the Dodgers have. Same thing with the, the Red Sox. So he's there with the team, and uh, he's in all the pictures when they go out on the field to Take the trophy, so that's good. And and if if you know good things kind of work out, he would be he would yeah. be on the, he'd get the ring right. He'd be on the he's on the roster. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. So now I was before I knew that I was kind of uh, just a little. I don't really want to root for the Dodgers because they're the team that pays all the money, the big payroll. I kind of feel for Clayton Kershaw. I'm glad you know game one just because I think he's a better pitcher than some of the outings he's had in the playoffs. But now since I know we got a friend on the Rays. I'm I'm full raise, baby. Raise up. <laughs> raise, raise up. up. Raise up. <laughs> all right. And the right now we got all kinds of sports you can bet on. We we told you before the, the parlay hit. We're gonna have another lock this week. We're gonna have uh, another parlay for you to bet on. And if you're gonna bet, bet online is the place to go. Football's going, the the World Series is going. You can get some futures bets on other things. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable from game spreads and totals 
to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use the promo code ARMCHAIR, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R, to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, go to BetOnline and put in the promo code ARMCHAIR. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. By the way, I do want to mention before we kind of get into stuff, just bouncing. And I, this isn't a, a, I'm not trying to start the Cowboys rank because I'm sure that's going to come <laughs> at some point. But okay. Monday night, we got an awesome, like the after the after, early afternoon game or late afternoon, early evening game. And then the it was a doubleheader. And I was sitting there and I, I, I have a rule where I don't bet on the Cowboys. And I let someone, t- they played too late in the week. And I let someone talk me into it. And I thought, both of these games, the overs are locks. I like the Cowboys as an underdog. <laughs> Neither over. <laughs> the Cowboys suck. It was a tough. It was a tough Monday night for me betting wise over at Bet Online. Mm. It was. Mm. Hey, I, not to be a homer here, but uh, I'll give you a BetOnline.ag lock. Uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks have covered four weeks in a row. I'd like for the IT department or any listeners out there to tell us. When was the last time the Arkansas Razorbacks covered four <laughs> weeks in a row? Well, and you know, I've heard a saying, good teams win, but great teams cover. And, <laughs> and this year, the Razorbacks actually should be coming off, what, three SEC wins in a row? They That's should. what it should be? Yeah, if, they it really should. should. I'm glad. Should. Let's actually have a second just to have a little Razorback appreciation because we haven't had a time to do that in a few years, and we haven't touched on it much. I mean, Pops, how are you feeling? I mean, Sam Pittman seems like I'm not ready to be like, oh, we've got a championship caliber coach, but it's sure a heck of a lot better than the past three years. It's sure a lot better. And, and I don't know if you noticed, uh, but Sam Pittman did make National Sports uh, Center last night with uh, the big with, sports center with SVP. Van Pell. Yeah, yeah, he made it with 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 SVP. And and, you know, I have to say, uh, Pittman is just a guy. He's he, he is. He's kind of low profile, but. He he speaks from his heart, which he said he does, but I believe he does. He just tells it like it is. Uh, but he's very soft spoken. He seems to appreciate where he is. Was clearly saying this is his last job. I mean, he is where he wants to be. He's doing a good job. He's obviously seems to be getting through to the kids, uh, to the players, and uh, I'm excited. I, I sure am happy about our coaching situation for the first time in a long time. He's a true, he's a true SEC coach. And and so he grew up in the SEC and, and has been coaching in it for a while. And that's the thing we were talking about with Chad Morris. We went out there and got somebody who did not have that kind of experience. Yeah, he had ACC experience, but I think we can tell now there is a big difference between having SEC coaching experience and having non-SEC coaching experience. And I, I feel pretty good about Pittman with that moving forward. Yeah, I, it's just fun finally being able – like it's been a few years where you can watch a game. And now I, my goal this year, I was just hoping Arkansas would, you know, compete, even if they kept it within, you know, a right. decent score. And now we're kind of going into Saturdays where you can hope for an Arkansas win. I mean, they're, like they play hard, and that's the thing. They just play hard, you know, and I don't – So who's the coach of uh, Ole Miss? Who's that? Mr. Lane Kiffin. Lane oh, Kiffin. yeah, yeah. That's I almost forgot about that. Yeah, it – 
I mean, I have to say, it's kind of nice to kick his yeah, ass. I mean, that is not. I'm not a big Kiffin fan. Not a fan. But no one could be as big a Kiffin fan as Kiffin. Yeah, so. that's Well, true. and it's funny, Arkansas, like at one point, it seemed like Arkansas was courting Lane Kiffin and maybe thinking about bringing the Lane train to Fayetteville. I, it goodness. just feels like, you know, I, I've, I said this before Chad Morris actually played a game. I thought he might be a good hire. Because he, he's and Van Pelt touched on this in the interview. The, the the interview with Sam Pittman was great, but especially if you're a Hog fan. But it's one thing to come into the interviews and say all oh, the right, oh, we're gonna play hard, run to the ball, and all that. And that's what Chad Morse was all the talk. And Sam Pittman doesn't talk as much, but you see the actual he, they walk the walk, and that's that's fun to watch. And I love that we've gone back to those. We did it last year, but those jerseys now going back to kind of the more classic look. I'm I'm a big fan of that. There you go. All right, well, let's go. Two week, whatever it was, week six is that week, right? Week six, six we just, I believe. Yeah. yeah. We, let's look back on week six. I want to start with. I mean, it seems like we're doing like once a week or once every two weeks. That the two point conversion conversation oh, just keeps gosh. going up and keeps changing. This weekend we saw this past weekend we saw two games get impacted by coaches deciding to go for two. We have the Washington football team. They went for the win with thirty six seconds left to go. With 36 seconds to go after scoring a touchdown to get this, the the score from to 20 to 19, and they just decided we're gonna go for we're gonna go for two, go for the win. Riverboat Ron really lived up to his nickname. They end up not getting it. Lost 20 to 19 after the game. Rivera said, "Quote: I'm playing to win. I'm trying to get our players to understand this. Uh, this is how we're gonna do things. We're going to do things to the max. We're gonna play to win football games. It kind of reminded me of a little Herm Edwards. You know, you play to win the game." <laughs> And then you got the Houston Texans. They were they scored a touchdown to uh, or they were up thirty twenty nine. They scored a touchdown with a minute fifty to play. Then instead of kicking the extra point to go up by eight, Romeo Cornell elected to go for two to try to get a nine point lead. Watson's pass was tipped and fell incomplete. Tannehill went drove right down the field. I think we might talk about Tannehill a little later because he just keeps impressing. But they go down, tied up, go to overtime. Titans win the toss and. Just like if you saw Deshaun Watson's reaction after he saw the they lost the toss, Derrick Henry and that and that Titans group went right down the field and won it. So I'm gonna go to you first, Tony. Out of those two, which one do you agree with either one? Do you disagree with either one? Or what 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 what's your takeaway? Or both? I agree with the Redskins decision because you're on the road, you're you've got a chance to get that lead with a very little time left, a one-point lead. I agree with that, and, and and Ron said that correctly. I don't agree with the Texans because you have the lead. You can put it to make the pressure on the other team to have to get the two-point conversion to win the game versus you're trying to put the, the game out of reach. And we talked about this, I think, last week or the week before about the, um, you know, when do you go so you know what you got to do? Well, I think the Texans at that point knew what the other team was going to have to do. And to give that chance, all I got to do is kick the extra. You just gave them the decision. You didn't make them make a decision. They're going to kick an extra point, take it into overtime at home. So Did we both uh, lose some pops? I, I just thought uh, I that, was, so. that was not the right call. So, and I want to ask your opinion too, Pops. It, the Washington one's right to me just because – if we could ever avoid overtime NFC East football, let's try to avoid that at all costs, especially this year. Um, yeah. And plus, like you said, Tone, they're, they're, Washington's not trying to, you know, like a tie doesn't do much for them. Let's just go for the win. And if you get it, then you kind of rally your guys. If you don't, well, they're a little bit worse than draft picks. So like, yeah. they, that might behoove them. <laughs> um, the Houston one's a more interesting one to me because 
in a way, I kind of get it. You know, their defense has not been good all year. So do you really trust your team to stop Tannehill from getting that touchdown? Maybe not. Your best player is Deshaun Watson. Maybe you just rather put the ball in his hand and go for that. Because if they get it and go up nine, effectively, you think you're in the game. Pops, what do you think about that? Well, I, I probably am going to uh, sound a little bit like Tony, I, I, and I didn't see uh, really either game. Uh, I would even say that Washington probably should have kicked the field goal uh, because you can go to overtime. But I, I hear what you guys are saying about the NFC lease. Just you know, and plus, if you have the momentum, okay, go for it. You're on the road. Uh, anyway, I'll I'll go with Riverboat Ron on that one. Houston, though. Uh, Cornell, you can go up by eight. So not only does does Tennessee have to go down the field and score a touchdown, they, they have, have to, to make the two-point conversion. So I think with both of those aspects, I mean, I hear what you're saying. You put it to nine, you put it out. But if you don't, you you leave it wide open. I, I, I think that was a complete mistake. You have to uh, uh, kick kick the extra point there and go up by eight to force uh, Tannehill and Tennessee to, to score the, the touchdown and the two-point conversion. I thought that was a complete mistake by Cornell and, and just a disastrous uh, uh, result. Right. That, that, yeah. That happened. That's a, I know like, if, you're, if you're part of like the – if you're in the analytical mind frame, I mean, a two-point conversion still this year is right around 50% for the league average. So, I mean, you're basically – and you can win the game if you get it. But if you don't, I guess you still think, well, all we got to do is stop them from scoring a touchdown. But, yeah, you hit that. Now they the pressure's on not only for them to score a touchdown, and you also got to get the two-point conversion. And if they get it like y'all are both saying, all they do is force overtime. You still don't lose if they get the two-point right. conversion. Exactly. And you yeah. might win that toss, and it might be totally different. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I kind of like it. The only way I like it is if that's the Texans' mind frame every time. You know, like that's Romeo Cornell is always like, we're gonna go for this win. We'd like we like a, our plays at two point conversions right there. We like Deshaun Watson. That's the way we do it. And if that's the way you do it, and your players know, fine. But then if the next game, if they pull a Jason Garrett to the Cowboys, where all of a sudden one game they're aggressive and the next game they're conservative, that's what I don't like. I don't like when you're finicky. I like it when you know this is just how we play. And like that's what Ron Rivera's quote after the game kind of makes me think he's just saying that this is how we're gonna play. We're gonna play to win. And if we don't get it, well, that's we'll take our lumps. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. And, and I'm like you say, I'm okay with what with what Ron did. I, I'm okay with that. I do think Cornell missed the boat. Now he did cause, and, and you might get into this, but so Tennessee put up 601 yards of total offense, <laughs> the most in franchise history. Um, Derrick Henry, what a beast he turned out to be. And we do, I do want to talk yeah. about him a little bit. But good God, 212 yards, two TDs. He looked unstoppable. He just looked unstoppable <laughs> in that game. That is a big man running down the field. And he he's obviously got some speed because they got his second 90-yard touchdown in two years. I mean, you got to be yeah. fast to get 90-yard touchdowns in the NFL. Well, and didn't you see, I mean, you alluded to it, but when Deshaun Watson, when they lost that tip, it was like he knew. He knew that Derrick <laughs> Henry was fixing to kick their ass. He had no doubt about it. Yeah, I'm telling so. you, that was so much. It, it was like watching a peewee football game. That the guy that you know is going to grow up to be a defensive tackle is playing running back, and they're just giving him the football because nobody can tackle him. Amazing what Derrick Henry can do. Okay, so that gets me. I want to talk about is that anybody's? We can I'll let y'all go, but it, for biggest wins or notable wins, was that anybody's selection? Let's see. No, it was not my selection. No. You want to know my selection? 
Well, I just want to stay there if y'all don't have it, because that's mine, I think. I had a, I had okay. two options, and that's one. And I, I, we mentioned it last week. It's soon. You're going to – every week that Tannehill keeps doing this, you're going to keep seeing those stats pop up that show since he became the Titan starter. Him and Arthur Smith, I believe, is offensive coordinator. Whatever they're doing, they are in – in sync, and he's putting up numbers that really only Mahomes. We mentioned it last week, so we're not going to rattle off stats, but he's putting up stats that only Mahomes is doing. And AJ Brown's now healthy. Well, hopefully, Corey Davis can get back, and that's some talent receivers. John Smith's a good tight end. Mm-hmm. We just talked about Derrick Henry. I thought it would take, you know, we last year it seemed like it took till later in the year before he really started heat up. It looks like he's already fine. The defense they need to get better. The problem is, is they. They've been in close games with teams that I don't feel like they should be, like some of these one and five and zero oh and six teams. They shouldn't be as close, but they they're getting wins, and all you gotta do is get a win. Uh, I just think it's it's you kind of gotta start thinking about possibly Tannehill or Derrick Henry for for MVP talk. Is that crazy, pops? No, I don't think it is crazy. I mean, Tannehill has really found a home here. I think uh, uh, you know, and I guess I'm gonna go ahead into. Derrick Henry sometimes reminds me, and Tony may disagree with this, but he reminds me sometimes of a Herschel Walker towards the end of his career, where Herschel Walker was bigger, stronger, faster than everybody, but he'd kind of run into the line. He had no wiggle, no, not much of a cut. I guess he had a cut, but not much wiggle, and he'd run into the line and kind of get tackled. And I've seen Derrick Henry do that early in games. Now, it does look like as the game goes on, he does wear that defense down, and you just get tired of trying to tackle that big sum of a gun's ass. Um, so so Derrick Henry's not my favorite running back by any means, but if he keeps producing like he has the last couple of weeks, I, you know, putting him in the MVP discussion is is probably legitimate. Yeah, I mean, we've seen – I want to get Tony's thoughts to what you just said. And we, we've seen poor tacklings a lot in this in this NFL year, especially if you've watched Cowboys, you've seen a lot of poor tackling. And one thing you cannot do playing the Titans, don't try to arm tackle Derrick Henry because it ain't going to work. What, what do you think, Tony? Yeah, and I, I disagree with Lifford a little bit. He reminds me more of um, Earl Campbell uh, in that – there was he was just so much stronger. There, there's just nothing you can do. Uh, but yeah, you know, Derrick Henry got a slow start to the season. Uh, he didn't really come out and uh, put those kind of stats up the first couple of games. But now he's rolling. This is very similar to what happened last year, except he didn't get rolling last year until about week seven or eight. Uh, I think if he had done that, he probably was being you know looked at as an or probably even later than that. But now, if he's going to be this dominant uh, going forward, if he puts another two or three weeks together, not that he can run for 200 yards every week. That's, we shouldn't expect that. But if he's doing 140, 150, two touchdowns, definitely the, definitely the MVP if, he, if he's going to, uh, uh, to maintain that through the, through the stretch. But he's just so powerful, and he just beats the crap out of you. Well, yeah, that and the, the the one thing that worries me a little bit about the Titans is like we we've, we've mentioned last year he got hotter a little late in the season, but that we've seen running backs break down a little bit, and just looking at what his what he did last year all the way up in the playoffs, they played till the AFC Championship game, and they were feeding him the ball, and then it looks like they're going to do that again this year. I just hope you know, especially if you're a Titans fan or rooting for the Titans. Let's see in December. Is he still? Is he still there? Is he still the same Derrick Henry that guys don't want to tackle, or is he start slowing down a little bit, breaking down a little bit, having some nagging injuries? I hope not. 
but we'll have to see. It is funny. We what, we talked about right before week four, before COVID kind of hit the Tennessee locker room. Man, we got a big matchup. Where we're going to figure out a lot about the, the Steelers and Titans because they were undefeated. Well, they're both still undefeated. We got a huge game this week. So I'm, I'm really excited to see yeah. that Titan offense that looks really good against that Steelers defense. That has looked really good at times. They lost a big injury to Devin Bush, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. But I'm glad we're getting them both yeah. undefeated again. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah. This is such a great I hopefully I wish we'd talk for as long as we wanted to, but I know I know we the people in Sweden gotta get to bed sometime. Uh but um, you know, so many meaningful games this past weekend, and now it has set up a several meaningful games now in week seven. Um, but I'll tell you the the, the game for me. The 49ers coming out and beating the Rams at home reestablished themselves in that NFC West division. And I'll say this, and and it, I I don't know that there's any tougher division this year or maybe in the last five years, a tougher division in football than the NFC West. Those, those all four teams with Arizona's rise are really tough football teams and look really good. Well, and interesting you bring that up. The total wins by division so far, NFC West is number one with 16. And this was possible. I think you were on this week one, right, saying you thought the NFC West was probably the best division? Yeah, that was my opinion. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Sure was. I do want to take a step back, Tony. That win, you're right. I'm with you. It it was funny. That was a game you kind of – I felt like people were kind of snuffing out because at one point the Rams were favored by six maybe. And you just – I don't know. That just seems like a high – I know that the 49ers are coming off a bad loss, but this was one – they needed in a bad way because one, it's a division game. Two, that they're they're they got we talked about it last week, but the next six games they got coming up are tough games. They're yeah. they're they're gonna want to try to go five hundred at best, so they need to get any win they can. And they were impressive. I, yeah. Garoppolo, I don't know if he's healthy, but he was fine. And I just think it it to me it just showed me that Kyle Shanahan is just a wizard. Yeah. He's gonna find a way to get some points. Yeah. There was at one point I think they showed a stat. In the first half, he hadn't thrown he or he had a touchdown drive of 80 yards where he didn't throw the ball across the line of scrimmage once. It was like <laughs> negative air yards. Yeah. And they and they went down and scored a touchdown. I know Pops loves him some Debo Samuels. And George Kittle looks like he's finally getting healthy again. That dude is Ooh, a stud. He is a stud. Well, in that, I, I Tony kind of took my thunder, but my best win was San Francisco over the Rams, too, because, you know, San Francisco's got a lot of injuries still, you know, a lot of injuries. Um, didn't they lose Mostart in that game, too, I yes. believe? Yeah, he, he got banged up at least, at least three weeks. But, you know, you've got Garoppolo uh, uh, had a 70% completion percentage, 268 yards, three TDs. Debo Samuels is back. By the way, does Debo Samuels and A.J. Brown, I mean, I don't know, they remind me of each other a little bit. Tough-minded, hard-nosed, wide receivers that could be running backs. Um, to but- me, a little bit, A.J. Brown's a, a little more polished receiver, like just throwing him, throwing him the ball, like mm-hmm. catching. But Debo Samuels, I agree, and I think it's funny, the way, or not funny, but the way Shanahan uses them, yeah. Almost like a running back on the outside. Like he's just trying to get him the ball in space, and corners do not want to tackle him. He's tough for them to bring him down. Yeah, Debo Samuel, he doesn't have the size of this player, but he reminds me a little bit of Terrell Owens, who did spend some time with the 49ers, in that physically he is stronger than the player opposite him. He's not necessarily yeah. as big as Terrell was, but, man, he just finds a way to catch the football. He manhandled a couple of Rams uh, Rams cornerbacks, uh, and I can't remember if one of them was Jalen Ramsey last night or not. I, I or this weekend, well, now, but Jay, he he took care of it. Who, 
Derrick Henry was the one that got Jalen Ramsey, wasn't it? Or was that? Uh, no, that was Josh Norman. He Josh, got Josh Norman. Norman. Yeah, that's yeah. Josh Norman. Norman. Yeah, yeah, that was last I think week. Josh Norman <laughs> might still be flying through the air. <laughs> okay, you're that's, right. But that, was, that was pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> that was a Brian Bosworth moment right there. Yeah. Okay, Jackson. Pops, let's go to then. Let's go to the loss or, or uh, the big loss that either it was a worse loss or notable loss. Like, what'd you think? Well, uh, I have three here that I'll mention briefly. The first one, just quickly, the Bills losing to Kansas City. You know, the Bills now, I think, have lost two in a row. Uh, little, little worried about Buffalo. Uh, and if they're as good as we all thought they were, I still think they may be. Uh, to me, of course, Dallas losing Arizona was devastating for me personally. But I, I really think that Houston loss to Tennessee has to just hurt. I mean, they were in that game, uh, as we've already alluded to, went for went for two, you know, and 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 missed it, and wound up losing. So I thought that Houston loss to to Tennessee was just terrible for Houston because I think they're a pretty decent football team, but they're uh, they're not going anywhere, and they're going not anywhere fast right now. Yeah, that that loss hurts. I mean, to be in the game and almost beat a good Titans team, also a division rival, <laughs> and to lose that one, that hurt. I don't know. I don't know about Houston. I, I'm worried that they're they're just not good, and we're wasting another year of we're seeing another waste of a season with Deshaun Watson, who I still think is a really good quarterback. Just not been Bill. Bill, uh, what's his name? O'Brien. Yeah, he didn't he didn't help him out to the start of his career. I don't think Tony. Yeah. What, what is that? What, what's your big loss, or if that's your oh, loss? Yeah, I've got a couple because uh, the Broncos going to Foxborough and beating the Patriots. Yeah. That that yeah. to me, Patriots only scoring twelve points against the Broncos. I mean, that sends a huge message with Cam Newton back uh, behind center. That's a huge message that you know the Patriots are not where they need to be, and they can't run the football with authority, uh, regardless of how many running backs they put back there. They don't have a dominant uh, wide receiver on the outside that can, you know, they just don't have a playmaker. And I'm surprised. We'll see here in the next week. There are some teams that are going to be, de- uh, you know, dropping some some heavy salaries to try to, uh, you know, try to get ready for next year. And, and I, if the Patriots are serious about trying to go somewhere in 2020, they're going to have to be in the market for somebody because offensively they're just not there. Defensively, I'll give them credit. They – they're still hanging in there, but man, that was a bad, bad loss. And and I'll I'll call this a loss. Uh, it was actual win. But I'll tell you what, the Indianapolis Colts looked really bad. Um, if you got a chance to see that game, they were down what twenty one to nothing. And yeah, that was one of those ones. Like all of a sudden, the red zone pops up, and they were up down twenty one nothing quick against the Bengals. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. what is going on? Mm-hmm. These guys, the Bengals yeah. scored twenty seven on the Colts. Everybody <laughs> has a bad day, but the thing is, the Colts defense is now banged up. Darius Leonard has been out and maybe out for a while, and they depend upon those linebackers. Very interesting. That's uh, even though it was a win. That was a very undecisive win against the Bengals, and so I, those two games to me. Said a lot. Hey, Tony, yeah. let me ask you this on that New England loss, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, with COVID, they really didn't get a lot of practice time the last couple of weeks, right? I mean, that, that sure. has to come into play to that, doesn't I, it? Yeah, and I would say that would be fine if they weren't playing the Denver Broncos. Uh, <laughs> fair, and fair no point. offense to LJ Yeah, I mean, I almost wish LJ was here. I, yeah, that, that, that Denver not team's not. So we can talk about them Great. for real. You know, <laughs> Denver is really struggling. And, and well, because they didn't have Melvin Gordon, who either A, had strep throat, or B, was still had a hangover 
you know, you, you know, so they didn't have the number one. Now, Lindsey was back and looked good, but I thought, man, of all that, you know, that turmoil you have for the Broncos, with Drew Locke's first game back, uh, Tim Patrick is, is actually, I, this guy is going to start for one of my fantasy teams for the rest of the year. I hope Lifford likes that. But, you know, this guy <laughs> is, uh, you know, he's really come on. Uh, Jerry Judy didn't do that much. And so for them to be able to to, to do that, Noah Fant is out. So they, you, you know, they were kind of smoking mirrors, the uh, the Patriots. So if it was, if it had been somebody like the Rams or another NFC West team or an AFC West team going into the Patriots and beating them, I'd say, yeah, okay, COVID might be the deal. But for the Bengals, I mean, for the, um, for the Broncos to be the one to go in there as hurt as they are, uh, that that to me says something. Yeah. Well, and that, let, let's get a. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I want to mention this. And so, we're going to play a game in a little bit where we kind of run through some teams. And you know, it's we're going to call it the Bill Parcells game. We're on the Patriots, so let's the Bill Parcells game where it's you are what your record says you are. And so, I want to know from you guys if you think the Patriots are what their record says they are right now. The Patriots are what sitting at two and three, I believe. Mm-hmm. Two and three, I think, as far as playoffs go, they're on the outside looking in. And you just lost to a Broncos team. We just mentioned, yep, Vic Mangio is a defensive guy, but they haven't just – like the Jets The Jets scored quite a few points on the Broncos, and they only kicked – they got field goals, nothing but field goals, and they and they were able to beat the Patriots. So that offense, besides two trick plays with Julian Edelman and a long run with Cam Newton, barely broke off – a better a play more than five yards. That was yeah. an inept offense. I know COVID had a the issue where they didn't practice, but the Titans also had those same issues, Pops, and they came out and beat the Bills. They they looked good to a week or two ago. So do you think can you see the Patriots missing the playoffs or you think they aren't they aren't a below five hundred team? Well the Patriots probably should have tried a little harder for Le'Veon Bell. They could really use a playmaker on that offense other than Cam yeah. Newton. I think that seems to be their only playmaker. Uh, there. So the question is, do I see? Could I see him missing the playoffs? Um, yeah, I don't think Buffalo's finished yet in that division. Miami, of course, we're going to talk about Miami and the change they're making. But Tony was absolutely right on that earlier in the year. Miami's a better football team than than I thought they were, certainly. So, you know, yeah, I could see New England uh, missing the playoffs this year. I could see it happening. Which is wild. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, I, I you know, as we go through these teams, I that loss this weekend really – I think it puts them on the outside looking in. Uh, uh, I'm not. I still don't know what Miami is thinking, but I, they could prove me wrong, and they know that Tua's seen him in practice. And they know this guy is just lights out. But with what you're seeing, and with the uh, Raiders coming on, and the uh, Raiders and Chiefs, and Ravens and Steelers, and uh, Cleveland being around 500, I, I, the uh, the Patriots are in trouble. I don't think they make the playoff. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm worried about him. I, I'm not counting out Belichick because I just feel like he'll find a way to get that team going. But yeah, they that's a, that's a, a weird loss, and that's two games in a row where before the whole, which I guess the COVID thing was bothering. They didn't have Cam Newton in that Kansas City game, but that's two games in a row where that offense has looked very bad. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested with them. I, the last one for a, a worse loss, I gave him credit for a good win last week, but. That Browns loss to the Steelers, I know <laughs> yeah. I think the Steelers are good, but you this was their chance to kind of go, we're going to play with the big boys. I think I saw that 
they haven't won a game in Pittsburgh in 16 years or something like that. I mean, that is a long time. That's some Browns fans' entire life. And they don't they don't even go up and put a fight. They just get dominated. And Baker Mayfield, I, I give him a little slack because he was getting smashed all game. Yeah, he didn't he have was. much of a chance, but that's tough. I think I saw some stat that said Baker Mayfield commercials was 12 on Sunday and points was seven. <laughs> um, hey, I want to quote. Did that game, Tony, did that game tell you that the Browns are not, I mean, they're four and two. We can talk uh, about their what their record says they are. Are, are the did that game tell you the Browns are not that good, or maybe they just no. played a really good Steelers team? No, I, I think it tells me more about the Steelers are just a really good football team. And, and I, I'll tell you, the Steelers text uh, the Steelers Titans game coming up this week. Man, I'm looking forward to watching that. Uh, me but too. I, I, I do want to quote Lifford Lutheringer on this one and, and just say that the Steelers just spanked that ass. I, you know, I. <laughs> I've heard Lifford say that a hundred times over the years. You know, they just spanked that ass. And it was just amazing to watch. They, it's just, they were scared. To, you could see them coming to the line. They were just, they were just beat. And uh, that to me was, was pretty telling. Yeah. I mean, as, as the, the great Ed Hockley would say, I believe it was Ed Hockley. They gave him the business. <laughs> it was one of those where midway through the first quarter or so, you were like, whoa, this looks like a JV team playing against the varsity. Like this just doesn't look like two NFL teams. And I think oh. the Browns have a chance at being decent, but yeah. I, I'm I'm worried a little bit about the Steelers with Devin Bush. I hate seeing those injuries where yeah. it's a non-contact thing and he just goes yeah, straight down. That, that could be and it, That's a he's yeah. a really good linebacker. But that Steelers defense is one where yeah. you know you have a good defense. When I was trying to think who is the Steelers' best defender, and a bunch of names came up. Like I was like, is it is it Watt? Is it Dupree? Is it Fitzpatrick? And when you and when you have to like have a discussion on who the best player is on a good defense. That means you got a solid one. Good defense. Yeah. yeah. So I think they'll be okay, but I think that will hurt. And the offense really hasn't got rolling yet. Like I think Roethlisberger is going to get better as the year goes. Yeah. And if they can ever, Claypool is awesome. Jeez. Deontay Johnson. I think if he can ever come back, I think that's who the Steelers like the most. Yeah. And by the way, they still got Juju Smith-Schuster. So that offense could easily get rolling soon. Yeah. And that defense might not have to be, you know, the steel curtain. Yeah, we were all talking about how good the Cowboys' three wide receivers were. Let me tell you, the Steelers, when when they're healthy, because Smith-Schuster's dealing with a little bit of a knee problem. They're kind of not talking about it, but I think he's got a – looks like he's got a knee issue. When all three of those guys are healthy, goodness gracious, if – man – And then you just got James Washington sitting back there. Can you throw me a ball or two, please? Yeah, and James Washington's really good. I really like him, and he barely can on the field. They're so deep at receiver. If if Roethlisberger stays upright for the rest of the year, watch out. Yep, I agree. Okay, I do want to get to our Bill Parcells game, but I do – I guess Bill Parcells has just coached a lot of teams because there's so many – there's an easy segue (laughs) where I'm like, let's go to one more team that he's coached. You you touched on it, Tone. I know we were before we talked. We knew we want to have this conversation. So the Brent, the, the Dolphins, who have been impressive this year, they've they've had a solid solid year three and three, I believe, is their record. Mm-hmm. They're making the move now from Fitzmagic, coming off a win where he looked g- a good again. I mean, it was the Jets, but he looked good again, and they're deciding they're going to be a bye week, and next week they will start Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, it sounded like before we started talking, 
Pops, you weren't too happy with this move. And <laughs> well, I think maybe you have uh, someone agreeing with you on the play. Uh, you know, uh, Fitz, 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 Fitzmagic is playing, I think, as well as he's played in some time. Uh, I, I looked up a few stats on him. His completion percentage at 70% is fifth in the NFL. He's number 12 in yards at 1,535. Uh, he's got 10 TDs, which is 13 uh, in the NFL. I mean, he's been playing really good, and and so Tua has completed two passes for nine yards, and and I think Tony alluded to it. They're seeing him every day in practice, so they know what he can do, and I I do think he's a very talented guy. But you know, once you go to him, um, I I, I would if I was Miami, I would let him get in some in 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 the second half and play before I just made him the starter. I think it's a little bit of a mistake to make him the starter now, but. They're watching him every week. They know. I just, I, and I kind of hate to see it with with uh, Fitzmagic, just because I like I like Fitzpatrick. I, I like the guy. He's been a good journeyman, an above average, uh, but journeyman quarterback. In this his has career. kind of been the story of his career, where he kind of is the, the the bridge quarterback. A lot like we talked about Tyra Taylor before. I mean, they kind of <laughs> they're not bad. They can win you some games, but they end up just being the bridge. I do want to get your thoughts on you, but this these quotes from Fitzpatrick on Wednesday morning. He said, I've been benched for all kinds of different ways, but this was kind of the first place other than Buffalo that I've been fully committed and invested. I felt like this was my team. And then later, he said, I basically got fired yesterday, and my day consisted of Zoom meetings with the guy who fired me, sitting in a room with the guy who replaced me for four hours. That I'm feeling for the guy. That, that sounds yeah. tough. Well, I think he even said it just broke his heart. I mean, I think he literally yeah. said those words. It just kind of broke his heart. And I heard him. He was on the Adam Schefter. I forget exactly what it's called, but it's the Adam Schefter podcast with ESPN. And he came on there, I think, a week or two ago. And he talked about how his he, he is all in on helping Tua. Like, these, like, even while starting, he's showing Tua things. Like, if Tua asked, why do you work on this? Or what did you see here? Like, he's really trying to mentor him. I just think it, it kind of came up on him because they're playing good football and he felt like this was a team. Tony, you, I think, do you think this is the wrong move? I, From an outsider looking in, I do. And so, to me, the, the, the way the Dolphins have been successful is they've been a conservative offense that scores on opportunities given from the defense. And the, their defense really is a nice, young, aggressive defense and has really kept them in ball games and given – Fitzpatrick, the opportunity to win win games in the fourth quarter, and uh, they're three and three. What the hell? You know, you're one game out of first place. I'm not sure what the move is, unless, like I said, they're seeing something. And Flores, I think, has proven that he's he knows what he's doing with this ball club. And so uh, you you've got to say, well, maybe there is something there. I, it's just a concern uh, to Lifford's point. I think you could have worked Tua in, and let's not let's not discount the fact that Tua is coming off of a major surgery, uh, and, and so I don't know if they're trying to see is the hip going to hold up or is it not going to hold up. But I would think you could have done that uh, by you know running him in every third series, you know, or the series of the the next to last series in the second quarter, the first series in the third quarter, you can see that. You're seeing that with Jalen Hurts at Philadelphia, um, that they're just slowly working him into the offense to see what they've got. But you, you saw that with Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco. But, you know, just to come out on your bye week and say we're going to Tua – I just don't get it, and, and I, I I just think it breaks up a rhythm that that team had had gotten. So 
here I'm gonna be the the on the other side. I I feel for Fitzpatrick and it sucks. But if you're gonna make a switch to quarterback, to do it in your bye week is the time to do it. You know, it gives them a full week of preparation and to get ready. And you go ahead and make the decision now instead of waiting and making the decision. You know, next week or in the middle of the next game. And it gives to it like we've seen guys get thrown into a game where they didn't realize they were going to be playing, and it might impact them. And to me, this this tells me that. He looks good in practice, like y'all both mentioned. He looks healthy in practice, and they really just wanted to see him in some form of game action. And I, it wasn't much. Like y'all said, it was only two passes, but I think it was just to see him on the field. That's all they wanted to see and see how he reacted. Like, was he nervous about getting hit or still worried about that hip? Or, or And he looked fine to me as far as health-wise, and I think this was the plan for him all along. They knew they wanted to go to Tua this year early as soon as they once they felt really good about his health. And it sucks because they can win, but I think this is almost the perfect year to do it because I think next year they're gonna they they're not expecting to really make the playoffs and be a contender this year. Now, if they make the playoffs, that's the icing on the cake. But they're mm-hmm. probably gonna be more of a seven and nine win team or eight and eight if, if things really go right. And so let's get two of the the reps and get them the get them what he can. And then next year they got a lot a lot of picks again because the Texans, like we've mentioned, sucked and Bill O'Brien gave them a bunch of picks. They're going to be a, a team that's interesting next year, and I want Tua ready to go because they could be a dark horse for a playoff spot. And by getting two of these reps now, and then interestingly with Fitzpatrick, I just wonder if there's anyone thinking about maybe shopping him out there. If the oh. Dolphins are kind of thinking about seeing, does any team want him? You know, there's a team leading in the NFC East right now that maybe would be interested in a little <laughs> yeah. Fitz magic. Yeah. You know, Ooh, it, Kevin. It takes a quarterback to bang. And then there's another team, the Washington Redskins. If they had a good, good quarterback like Fitzpatrick, who he's not great, but he can win you some games. You don't have to win a lot to win the NFC East. Hmm. I think that they might wow. be, because you might be able to get a second round pick or something for him. Conspiracy, yeah. Kevin, you may have it, man. That is awesome. I had not. I like him in the locker room too, but I just think if you can get a second round pick for him, yeah, you you cash in on it and you get reps with your own quarterback. Wow. Well, and I and I kind of what you were alluding to. So you're getting Tua ready on that rookie contract right now. To to I mean that's when you want to really hit it hard. So yeah, I mean I see that that makes some sense, Kevin. Now that you've made that argument. Wow. And there's a lot of tank for Trevor stuff with Trevor Lawrence before Tua's hip injury. There was a lot of tank for Tua. Like people were looking at him as a no-brainer, first overall pick, surefire ten-year franchise guy. If he's healthy, and maybe they're seeing he's healthy, they're like, "That's exactly what we see," and we want to get him on the field. And oh, by the way, we might be able to get another pick out. I just think if Dalton has another bad game, Jerry Jones might be willing to make something crazy move and bring in Fitzpatrick because he sees the playoffs. And I don't think Fitzpatrick wins you a Super Bowl, but. Jerry hates losing, and Fitzpatrick, if he does anything, he, he brings excitement. Well, if Jerry hates losing, he's sure doing a hell of a lot of it. That's a truth, man. I want to get to our Bill Parcells game, but first, before we do that, you know, Bill Parcells, I hope he's listening to this because as you get older, you know, sometimes your hair starts growing in areas you don't want it to grow. Maybe there's some hair sticking out of your ears, your nose, and and you might not notice it, but trust me, others notice it, and you need to get that taken care of. And that's why we want to tell you about a new Manscaped product, the just released Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll 
sea hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hairs looking as nice as Manscaped has already made your undercarriage. Look, Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with the Weed Whacker. The nose and ear hair trimmer provides <coughs> proprietary skin-safe technology, with, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes, which, trust me, you don't want any nicks, snags, or tugs. Trust me. <laughs> the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360 degree rot- rotary dual blade system. Wow, that is a lot to mention just for your <laughs> nose and ear hair trimmer. Yes. <laughs> it's intelligently contoured. <laughs> it's con- it's intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and it's, it's a two-stroke, which <laughs> makes <laughs> for easy operation and cleaning. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, not a time to dread. And right now. If you go over to manscaped.com and put in the promo code that I'm about to give you, you can get 20% off and free shipping. Just use the code Rogue Theory at manscaped.com. That is the promo code Rogue Theory, R O G U E Theory, T H E O R Y. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that nose, that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So let Manscaped. Keep you looking trimmed up and clean without those nicks and tugs. Just put in the promo code Rogue Theory, R O G U E Theory, T H E O R Y, and get 20% off free shipping. All right. Hey, Kevin, the, Kevin does, what's that, up? does that manscape, does it still have that LED light? Oh, does it? Oh, it has okay. the LED light, <laughs> 90 minute battery. Oh, it's it's waterproof. It's got it all. Yeah, it's got I, everything you could ask for. I started showering in the dark, you know, so I, I'm wondering I, I might have to have that. <laughs> hey, Kevin, I'd, I'd suggest moving along. Move along. <laughs> all right. We're we going to hear about Tony's shower activities for sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You are what your record says you are. So we're going to run through some teams some bad teams or just some bad records, good records, or are they? is it truly what they are? Let's start. We kind of already touched on the Texans. I think we – are we in consensus? They're just – they're one in five, and they're just they're just not a good team. Not a good team. Say. Yep. I think Agreed. their record is what they are. I think it's Agreed. a fair All right, fair another one-win team. Let's go to the Vikings. They are one in five coming off losing the only team now to lose to the Atlanta Falcons. Do we think the Vikings are bad? What's going on there, Pops? 
I think the Vikings are bad. Um, I really do. I think Cook got hurt, right? He was out this last game. He was out. Yeah, he got hurt two weeks ago, um, so he was out. I, you know, and of Kirk, course, all the Alexander Madison people thought this was going to be a great year or great geez, week for fantasy. It's just yeah, a, we, it's going against Atlanta. One of them's on the pod that with us name again. <laughs> A lot of people don't want to hear that name. So, yeah. Let's see. Ted rushes for 26 yards, Tony. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah. And you paid how much for that team? Jeez, Okay. So, but Pops, just bad? Just bad. But I do want to say one thing that the that if there's a one bright spot the Vikings did is, you know, they let Diggs go. But for that Diggs uh, uh, trade, they picked up Justin Jefferson, who looks stud. like an absolute stud. And he's That's probably – Probably four years young, younger than Diggs, and um, on a rookie contract. On a rookie yeah. contract, by the way. So they've caught. So Jefferson has five hundred and thirty-seven yards, but only on twenty-eight reception. That's an average yard per catch of nineteen point two. Diggs That's... actually has more yards, five hundred and fifty-five, but on forty-two receptions, an average yard uh, per reception of thirteen point two. So, so yeah, the only bright spot right now I see for the Vikings is uh, the Justin Jefferson, the get letting Diggs go, but getting uh-huh. Justin Jefferson to take his place. Yeah, that's one of those where the trade worked out for both teams. The yeah, Bills, yeah. I think, are happy with yeah, Diggs. No he seems to be like Josh Allen's go-to yeah. guy. But if you're the Vikings, you've got to be happy with Jefferson. Happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I can't figure out is how bad the Vikings defense got overnight. That's the thing what I can't happened, figure though? out. Yeah. Good point. What happened? So, they're young in the back end. They lost some they, – they, they got rid of some corners that kind of seemed overpaid. And they thought, we'll just get young, we'll get good guys. And one of them's Jeff Gladney from New Boston, from Northeast Texas. And they're not, they're just young, and you can tell they're young. They've been banged up too. So not only were they young, but they were banged up in the secondary. They're playing without Daniel Hunter, one of their best pass rushers. He's been hurt. And they they got Ngakwe from Jacksonville to kind yeah. of try to stir up some of that yeah. for losing Everson Griffin. They've just been really, really bad. One of the worst defensive teams in the in the yeah. league this year. And that's why some are talking about Mike Zimmer being on the hot seat. I think Mike Zimmer's a good coach, but he's a defensive guy, and that defense is what's really come. Offense isn't great, but the defense is what what's killing them. Yeah, Zimmer. Tony, gets, are they yeah. are they just bad? Zimmer gets another year because he lost Stefanski, um, and so they're they're retooling. I will say this: uh, you know, Kirk Cousins came out to his credit said, "I got to play better. If I don't play better, I'm a I'm I'm out. You know, I, I can't be a starter in the NFL playing like this." And so uh, I agree, and, uh, <laughs> but. Um, yeah. This may be, you know, something he's trying to say to the team. But, yeah, I think Zimmer probably stays. But they're, they are in the Trevor Lawrence uh, sweepstakes. And if they get him, wow, what an offensive team. that Because they've signed Cook. He's there. Uh, it, it would not surprise me. Unfortunately, it did not help Madison Stock. Somebody is – let's just say somebody. Several bodies are leaving the Minnesota Vikings before the November 3rd trade deadline. Because they've got talent, I, I think so. We've it's been long talked about where I've where how I feel about Kirk Cousins. I think I think he's kind of I just don't think he's as good as as sometimes what the stats will show. He's good. At, he's I think he's a bad quarterback that can put up good stats. Or not bad, but an average quarterback that can put up good stats every now and then. What's what I think happens either at the trade, probably not the trade deadline. I think I just don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo either. And I think if, back when he was first available. Kyle Shanahan loves him some Kirk Cousins, and he had him at Washington. I think at this offseason, they move on from Garoppolo, mm. who's already been paid a lot of his money so they can get out of the rest of that contract, and they trade for Kirk Cousins because I think the Dolphins are, or the Vikings are done with Kirk, and I think Shanahan thinks he can win with Kirk. 
So I think we see Kirk in San Francisco wow. soon. Wow. Sooner rather than pull. later. Wow. It's a good pull. Wow. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Another one loss team. We got their one or a one win team. They're one win, but they're one game out of first in the <laughs> NFC East. We got the Eagles at one, four, and one. Um we a couple weeks back, we talked. It was mainly me talking about I couldn't decide if Carson Wentz was good or bad, and I kind of wanted to be good. And we said we we're going to wait a little bit. Well, they haven't won any games since then. They tied one, and I, he's still doing that damn thing where he first quarter, first quarter and a half, he was awful. Second half, he was fantastic. Yeah. I don't know what is going on. Tony, are the Eagles? Bad or are they due for a bounce back? What do you think? They're due for a bounce back because they're the team in the NFC East that haven't been playing in the NFC East, and and you know they've got two wins coming against the Cowboys. They're the best team in the NFC East. That's not saying a lot, but I see them. They get to play the NFC East coming up. They got Giants, yeah, Cowboys, Giants the next three. Uh, to me, they're the team that comes out of the NFC East uh, into the playoffs. They may be seven and nine or or or, or six and ten, but seven, they're eight gonna, and one they're or whatever. Be, they're going to be coming out. I, I think the Eagles are playoff contenders because of the NFCs. Dad, do you agree? Uh, yeah, hell, I do agree, quite frankly. I hate to say it, but yeah. I mean, they're, they're not going to be 6-10. and 10. They're going to be 6-9-1, and one, Tony, because they got that tie. That's right, 6-9-1. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> A six-win team went in the division in the NFL. That is something yeah. if that happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I think – I'm buying stock. I'm buying the Carson Wentz stock. I, I I believe I am. I just think they're not. They're still. Maybe this is all we'll ever say. And eventually, you got to quit having excuses. But still, not healthy at receiver. They continue to be throwing to receivers that I've never even heard of. Like now, Fulgham is apparently a household name. And then I can't remember. There's another one, Travis something. No, he wasn't even in the ESPN database. Like I couldn't find him. <laughs> so there, he's and now Ertz is hurt now. So who knows? Yeah. I, they should eventually get back Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. And yeah. it, like we said, Dallas Goddard. the next three games, yeah. Giants, Cowboys, Giants, and then Browns. That could easily yeah. be four wins. Goddard, yeah. That's Goddard right. is coming back. Is supposed to be back this week. And then uh, Deshaun Jackson this week. Alshon Jeffrey next week. Miles Sanders is hurt out now. But it's supposed to be mild. So we'll be back in two weeks. They're Offensively, they're the best team in the NFC, NFC East now with Dak Prescott out. And the and the, the yeah. problems that Cowboys have on the, on the uh, front line. All right, now we go to the Chargers, the team that only plays in close games. It seems <laughs> like one and four. Tony, what do you think? Are the Chargers better than the record shows? I think they are. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they're better than one and four. I, I think they're great. They're a great team to bet on when when they're underdogs. Uh, I, I don't know. I think this week they're they're favored, um, but. Um, I have to check that to see, but uh, um, yeah, they're, they're favored like by are, nine or something yeah, like that. They're it's ridiculous. Nine going against the Jags. Yeah. The Jags. They're they're a better team than what folks give them credit for. So I, I like it. Justin Justin Herbert's the real deal. He's the real deal. Yeah, yeah, pops. They're one and four. All four of those losses came in one possession games. Two games by three. One game by seven. Or one by three. One by seven. One by five. Yeah. All the teams that are five hundred or better. Two of those are the Chiefs, Bucks, and Saints are three of those losses. Three teams we'd like to say yeah. are really good. And Herbert seems good. What do you think? I couldn't, couldn't agree more. I, I like they're fun to watch. I'll make it quick. They are fun to watch. I like Hebert. Uh, I think he is going to yeah. be somebody uh, yeah. in this league. Uh, I, I like the Chargers. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, doing without Eckler. Uh, doing it out, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I, I, they're, yeah, they're, and they don't have Derwin James, their best, maybe yeah. their best defensive player. Yeah. Another receiver is it Mike Williams on the other Mike side? Mike Williams is back. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, and he's been playing well. So playing on Keenan I, Allen, yeah. yeah. Hunter Henry, they've got some weapons. Uh, they sure they, do. They do. They're fun to watch. I think by the time the year ends, I, I hate that they're one and four because I think they're a decent team. I think Tony, you're probably right. They don't make the playoffs, but I would not be shocked if they end up seven and nine, eight and eight, and yeah, and kind of rattle off, you yeah. know, like six I wins in seven weeks or something. Because I'll guarantee you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I just want there, and you know what? Like that's it. Fun to watch. I want to watch them, so I'll tune in. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one win team we're going with the Falcons here. They got their first win. Dan Quinn's gone. They got the fire your coach bump for a week. Um, do we think the Falcons are good or do they just beat a terrible team in the Vikings? We already said they're bad. So are the Falcons anything? Like, could they ride it? There's talent on the offense, right, Pops? Oh, yeah. I, th- I think they've got too much talent on the offense. Uh, I think they got rid of, of a coach that, uh, quite frankly, maybe a year or two uh, too late. Probably. A little too late, but I didn't dislike him. But it, he had to go. He just he had to go. It's weird when your defensive coach leaves and your defense got better. Got better, you know. Yeah, yeah. and they've got the offense, and I, I still believe in Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. They've got. I mean, Ridley has been has been you know basically showing off this year. I don't Who's the other co- the other receiver that's not the, bad? Russell, Russell Gage. Gage. Russell Gage. Yeah. The they got another tight end. You know, they let uh, Hayden Hurst has been Hayden good. Hurst. Hurst. He so, hasn't so done much. Falcons, he's been struggling. Yeah. No, he's been struggling a bit, but I just think they have a, d- a decent enough offense. I think the uh, the Falcons will make a little racket. Uh, yeah. That's uh, right, Tony. Hurst hadn't been good. I, yeah. I just remember that game against the Cowboys yeah. defense where well, everybody looks great, so he looked good in that one. I, uh, Tony, what do you think? I still think they're bad. I, I think they're going to be uh, very similar to uh, um, uh, teams. That they're they're going to score 28, 30 points a game. But the other team's going to score 40 or 50 points a game. I just don't think they're going to win much more uh, until they play some lesser teams. Yeah, I'm worried for them that they could get no man's land because their offense is good enough to where I could, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they start doing this play for Raheem Mostert and rattle off some wins. And then you end up middle of the pack picking like nine or something instead of early first round. And you still have a quarterback that's aging and you're paying a lot of money. A receiver. I still think Julio Jones is good, but you're paying him a lot of money. He's only getting older. I think they're at a crossroads where it's time to either get young or go for it all, and they're not winning the Super Bowl this year. I, I think they're a bad team, but they'll end up with five or six wins, yeah. and that's not what they need to do. They need to end up with two or three wins. I give them three. Wow. We talked about okay. the, we'd already talked the Pats. We're, uh, who knows what they're doing? Let's see. Let's go. The other two and three team I wanted to mention, we're finally touching on them. The team in Texas, the Dallas Cowboys, they are atop the NFC East. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Bob. Monday night was an abysmal showing. It might have been one of the worst showings I've seen as a Cowboy fan. It, it made you want to turn the channel. It just they 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 looked beaten. They didn't look. I just couldn't stand watching them play. Uh, and that was sad. I really thought they'd come out and play. You know, if if for nothing else, for Dak. You know, for yeah, Dak so Prescott. much for the whole four Dak thing. I was yeah, seeing yeah. all over Twitter but, by the players. Yeah. It looked like they played for nobody. Uh, anyway, you know the fumbles that Zeke had. Uh, you know, fumbles can happen to anybody. But then getting burned on that long time. It just yeah, I don't. I'm just kind of sick of the Cowboys. Is Dak making more money now? Now that we see what the offense looks like without him, I think Dak's going to get paid anyway. I do think Dak's going to get paid and get paid pretty well. Um, so uh, God, I hope he gets back good. I like that guy in. Dalton looked horrible. It so, just the whole Pops, team looked, but they have no offensive line. To be to be fair, that offensive line that was one of the best in football has got you know. Even, then Zach Martin, your last guy that you had that was that was a good a good player went out last week. So 
they're just they're struggling. They're struggling bad. I, they're getting to a point where you're going to look at that the injury report and it'll, it'll almost start looking like a Pro Bowl roster. I'm not trying to be too biased, but I just there's a lot of good players that have gotten hurt for them, and then they just don't play with a whole lot of effort either. Mm-hmm. You're, you're starting mm-hmm. to see already six weeks in. It might be the earliest I've ever seen where <laughs> players are starting to do the anonymous. The coaches aren't prepared. Or the coaches aren't teaching us. Tony, they're still leading the NFC East. They have the second easiest remaining schedule. I mean, do they do they do they make the playoffs or are they done? I think they're done because of Philadelphia's strength on the offensive side and they're getting healthier. I you know, I try to be agnostic about this and take emotion out of it. And you, you know, Lifford's right. The offensive line is just in shambles. And honestly, it's in shambles not only because of some some untimely injuries. But because of age as well, and and you know, I, I think we have to look back, and I'm, I, I'm going to get this name right. It's Travis Frederick, um, yep. the center, mm-hmm. uh, retiring uh, suddenly. I think has really shook the foundation of that line, and uh, and as much as you say, well, one player can't be the, the he he really fa- was the foundation of how that line was built on and what he could do, and I think they haven't recovered from that honestly, and. So you could put all of the all pros behind that line that you want to, and it's not going to make a difference. And so the the lack the lack of attention to the defensive side of the ball this year, even with the hiring of Mike McCarthy, an offensive coach, and it, it's just costing them this year. I the only thing that I hope is that they have patience on the offensive side, keep McCarthy, but but just let McCarthy. All these, uh, several of these coordinators need to go. Uh, I, I think Kellen Moore. I'm tired of hearing about him. He's got. Me too. He might be in over his head. You yeah, know? and 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 we need a new a new younger defensive. Uh, t- Eric Bieniemy, I think, would be a great hire as an offensive coordinator for the for the um, Cowboys. Eric, I think probably, the, the only time he leaves is when he gets that yeah, head coaching I, job. I think it's coming unless Jerry said, "Hey, McCarthy's here for two years, and then it's yours." I think if they made some kind of plan like that, that they did, they did with um, uh, Parcells, the guy that we're. Co- but anyway, bottom line, Cowboys suck. No playoffs this year. They are who we thought they were. Yeah, I mean, we talked about you know even if Dalton just average, there's good enough players, and when when he can't block. I think we probably underrated a little bit of Dak's mobility mm-hmm. behind that offensive line, and the offensive line is now worse. And, Tony, I think you hit it on the head. Travis Frederick's not the name you think of when you thought of their studs because you thought left tackles are always high-paid, so you think Tyron Smith, Zach Martin was awesome at guard, Lael Collins was good his rookie year. But Fred, Travis Frederick, when you have a really smart center, he's the one calling out the, the, the adjustments and who's blitzing and pointing and doing all that. And I think he was much bigger to that offensive line than just being a good center. He was mentally what brought that offensive line. That was was all pros, but made him even better. And it sucks because he got he retired because he got an autoimmune disease. I mean, he got diagnosed. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a freak deal. And it it sucks. And I'm it, that the Cowboys just stink. And I honestly, I don't want them after watching that Monday night. Now I could easily see them getting on track because they just have an easy schedule. They really do. They play a lot yeah. of the NFC East, which is bad. And that offense has yeah. enough talent where they can score points, and the defense can't get worse. Yeah. So uh, here's my conspiracy uh, uh, theory out there: I see Gallup or Amari Cooper leaving the Cowboys before the trade deadline. Hmm. Maybe, maybe to New England. It'd be it. 
that'd be interesting. Gallup's one of one, one of those ones that could easily go because he's on a he's still on his rookie deal. I think he's gonna want to get paid. Now I don't know I don't know how much he's worth really. I think he could be worth a lot, but if they trade him, maybe a team like the the Patriots might be willing to to pay up for him. Yeah. And they and they just drafted CeeDee Lamb, so they've already decided CeeDee Lamb's their future at receiver. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. one of them's gotta yeah. be gone. Our, We've talked enough about bad records, and if the bad records are the teams are as bad as those, show let's talk about some teams with good records. We've already mentioned the Titans. Are we on full on that they're just a good team? Maybe AFC contenders for no, Super Bowl. I I agree. I think they are for sure. Tony, you there? Yeah, they were close last year. Uh, just I, let's just say that Brable is actually one of the New England Patriots tree of of players slash coaches that actually is turning out okay. Uh, yeah, we all did you see? It. We almost had two one of them fired. One. You know, we almost had Patricia fired this past weekend, and uh, we had Bill O'Brien gone already. So, yeah, I think the Titans are for real. Love to see what's going on with this game there. I think the Titans, Steelers, you, you just take the slash is is who's going to go head to head with the Chiefs. I think you could knock the Ravens down to probably three right now based upon how they performed against the the uh, Eagles. I like the winner. The winner of this game coming out this weekend takes the driver's seat for me in the AFC next to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I I think I agree. So that's an easy one. All right, let's go to a rec- a team that's not as easy, the Chicago Bears, <laughs> who are five and one. I, uh, I, I, honestly, I wrote my notes say Bears. I have no clue. <laughs> I do think they have a, a good defense. I think their defense may be a little better yeah. uh, than than I anticipated. I mean, and I don't know why yeah. I under anticipated them with Khalil Mack, but uh, I think the defense is all right. I think Foles is a is a serviceable to slightly above average quarterback. Uh, again, I think they might have done pretty decent to get in the Le'Veon Bell stakes. I think he could have really helped that team. Anthony Robinson is—he's uh, a better receiver than I thought he was. I have to yeah. say, I, I, I really think he can be a—I don't know if elite, but he can be a top receiver. I believe, in my opinion. So, um, you know, I, I would I would lean towards that the Bears are uh, now they've made that record against not great competition. It's not the NFC least, but it's still not great competition. Um, but I, I'm going to give the Bears a little leeway and say that I think that they have got a chance to be pretty decent this year, and especially starting with a five and one record. Yeah. For for whatever the defense is good. And I think one name that you're going to hear, Khalil Max, obviously, name. They play Monday night against the Rams. Hakeem Hicks is going to be the guy that makes his. People already know him. It's not like he's some unknown guy, but I think on national TV, people go, "Oh wow, this guy's really, really good at D tackle." He just, yeah. he does. He's not Donald, but the fact that we're going to get to see Aaron Donald and him in the same game, they're going to show you guys in the middle can really disrupt things. I think they're probably a, a playoff team. You know, I, I know. The wins are against not that great of teams, but and there are a lot of them are really close. But a win's a win's a win's a win, yeah. and for whatever it's worth, people seem the guys in the locker room play for Nick Foles. It seems to people seem to like him, and late in the game, he doesn't. He's not scared. Yeah. I don't know if he's like some stud quarterback, but he's not scared, and that that's that's a big part of the battle right there. Is yeah. the receivers feeling confident that he's going to drop down? It seems like they do. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, I think we're looking at uh, the best. Arguably the best team in the NFC North. I mean, we that that Packer Buccaneers game. How much credit you put into that, and where are we with Aaron Rodgers and that crew? Uh, but um, I will say that I think I have discounted that defense too much. That they really are coming along. Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack. 
Uh, but the, the 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 key to me for Chicago Bears right now is David Montgomery, and I, I and I can tell you that he is so much a different running back in his second year than anyone is was in his first year. They can they're really riding him. He's he's his average is up per carry. Uh, he's he's making the big runs that he needs to make. And then Lifford uh, talked about it. Allen Robinson is a phenomenal right, wide receiver. <laughs> he's and, and I think people kind of forget about that. And he's having he's having probably a career year. And so they've got those two weapons on offense, and they've got a defense that keeps them in games. And unfortunately, I think they lose to the Rams this weekend because you don't want to play the NFC West at on the West Coast, and it's a tough travel for them. But I think I, I can't wait to see them play the Packers. Yep, I think my my last thing. I don't think they're great, but all they got to do is go five hundred the rest of the year, and they win ten games. Ten win ten games probably get you in the in the yeah, playoffs. So it probably does. That's what you asked for. Let's. You mentioned the Packers. Huge, a huge loss. I mean, they get demolished by Tampa Bay. They're now four and one. Still, we were a week ago calling Aaron Rodgers an MVP candidate. Or is this loss like? Are you scared off the way off of him, pops? Or are you still like, ah, eh, it's just a game? No, I think th- there's two things that happened there. You saw Bakhtiari go out early in the game, and I mean, he is an elite offensive lineman. I, one I, of the best, if not the best, left tackle. He's one right of the up best there. in the league. Uh, and then the story really was the Jones boys, Ronald for Tampa Bay and Aaron for for Green Bay, and and Aaron just didn't have a good game. Aaron was uh, ten rushes for fifteen yards. Uh, Ronald Jones was. 23 for 113 and I thought wow that's not the Jones you expected to show up so I looked at their season stats by the way Rojo has 472 yards on the season rushing whereas Aaron Jones only has 389 I still think Aaron Jones is more of a of a weapon uh, no doubt but I think with Bakhtiari going down and, and Aaron Jones not having a good game uh, probably related to that offensive line uh, issues I think it was more that than uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be alright Green Bay is going to be alright uh, uh, that was that was that was not indicative of what Green Bay is going to be the rest of the year, in my opinion. It does make you wonder a little. I just think maybe that defense isn't as good as I was giving them credit because their four wins came against Minnesota before Minnesota realized they had Justin Jefferson, <laughs> Detroit yeah. without uh, Galladay, New Orleans without Mike Thomas, and Atlanta without Julio. So that's mm. all their almost yeah. all of their best tar- best players on the outside, and they didn't have them. So the defense, I think the offense will be fine. I think they played who actually might be a really good defense in Tampa. I think, so I think the number one defense will be in fine. the league, by the way, Tampa Bay, aren't yeah. they? They're, they're, they're quietly, which this was kind of the reason I think people thought Tampa Bay could make some noise because Tom Brady does have his weapons, but also that defense is not bad. So I think the, the Packers are fine. Maybe I need to lower them as right up there as the best teams in the NFC. Maybe they're right in the second tier. But they're still fine. They're still going to be good. Tony, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I think this is just a game. And I think the Packers are still the NFC North team to beat. I, I, like I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Chicago Green Bay, what comes out of that. You, you called out their easy schedule to start with. Uh, so, I'm I'm still – I think Aaron Jones, of the Jones brothers or whoever, <laughs> they're probably the better running back. Uh, I just want to throw out there that the Bonehammers drafted Ronald Jones in the 11th round. And then proceeded to drop him after the second week. So, you know, uh, you know, there's that. Uh, so, but yeah, I think Ronald Jones has proven that he is the guy there in Tampa Bay. But I'm not worried about the Packers. 
Um, staying in the NFC, we got the Seahawks, who five and zero, still undefeated. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll start here. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little dip with the Seahawks, just because that defense isn't good, and right now they're they're winning because Russell Wilson is just playing lights out, which he could keep doing. I wouldn't be terribly wouldn't be surprised either way. I think they end up winning probably twelve games though, which is good to. Maybe get them the buy. I'm not sure. 12 and 4 could be first in the East or first in the NFC. So we'll see. Um, did you hear the news, Pops? So Antonio Brown mm-hmm. can come back week eight. The Seahawks are or one of the teams. Uh, Schefter said one of the teams making a push for him. Uh, we've, we talked about the receivers are already good down there in Seattle. I don't know if uh, AB, I haven't heard from a while. So maybe he's getting things together. I don't think he's tweeting as much. I, <laughs> Seattle's interesting. Well, and if, if anybody can kind of keep him straight, it's probably Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson's got to command respect uh, because of the way he comports himself. So, um, God, I you know, A.B., last I saw him on a football field, he was pretty damn good. He was still good. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> off the field where we worry about. Yeah, I don't know if I want him on my team or not. That's I, You know, I don't know what to say about that. But I guess uh, if, if Russell Wilson, and I'm not the biggest fan of – of the coach there at Seattle, but he's obviously a good one. So <laughs> if they can, if, if they want him there, then they must, they must know how to handle him. And, and he, he'd help the team on the field. There's no doubt about when it that. comes to the fate. I, I think it's far and away. Tony mentioned it, but I think we all agree. Chiefs are, are the favorites in the AFC for now until someone has proves us. Otherwise are is Seattle possibly, would you say they're at a tier above everyone else? Or is there more of a, a level playing field in the NFC? It's a level. I, the NFC, I think, is much more wide open. And if not for the yeah. fact that the Seattle plays in the NFC West, I think you take any one of those teams, Arizona being the outside, and, and make any of those teams in NFC West the uh, uh, the favorite in the NFC, uh, whoever wins mm-hmm. that, uh, because of San Francisco's ability to run the football, uh, LA's balance and their defensive, uh, their ability to stop the run, and and then Seattle, who can just score points on anybody. The only thing about Antonio Brown, I wish he could play free safety because that's really what Seattle needs. It's a good free safety. Um, <laughs> yeah. and if they put him There's there, a guy named Earl Thomas still out yeah, there. If they would put him in free safety, I think he'd be fine. But uh, uh, I, I'm not sure. I had seen that rumor. Uh, not sure what value that brings to Seattle. If it's the risk-reward there, it's great. But, man, Seattle just can score points. I just have a concern coming down the stretch. As we've all seen, unfortunately, there there's going to be an injury or two here or there. And if they're anybody – they've been lucky on their offensive line. If something happens there, I think you could see Seattle really start to have a, have a stretch there where they could lose two or three in a row. But they look really good offensively. I, I just wish, you know – the defense is just going to have to come along. But whoever comes out of the NFC West, I think wins the NFC. Well, let's stay with the NFC West then. We got the, the Rams at four and two. Now, I think last week I was saying I think the Rams could be for real, and they lost to the 49ers on Sunday night. But looking at their schedule now, they have four wins, four wins against literally the NFC East. That's all they've beaten are the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, and the football team over in Washington. I, mm. did, what do you think? Are you buying the Rams? Like, if you had to buy or sell the Rams right now, I, do you I'm think still, you would? I'm still buying them. I, I mean, I like their. I, I, Aaron Donald is 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 enough of a reason to buy him. I mean, he is he's that good. I think golf is serviceable. Um, I think they got some you know pretty good receivers. Um, I 
I'm still buying them. I, I boy, I hadn't thought about that. Was who the only teams they had beaten? Um, but I'm still on the Rams. I think they're a decent team. Yeah, Tony. You? Yeah, and I, I, if the Razorbacks are three and run one, the Rams are five and one because they beat the Bills except for that uh, penalty yeah. at the end. The phantom call. Yeah, the phantom call. And I think we all agree the Bills are a decent team. Uh, now they're going to have to they're going to have to play better than five hundred in the West. Uh, but they're to me they're probably the most balanced team that we've talked about. Uh, other than what apparently the Chiefs are becoming, but um, the they're just they can run the football, they 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 can pass the football, and they play good defense. Uh, and, and I think they really can. They're not great at any of the three, but they're very good at all three. And, and so to me, they're the most balanced team uh, in the NFC. And then the last. We'll do our last one. We'll finish out the NFC West with the Cardinals. They came off a huge win, but it was against the Cowboys. So I think you have to water it down. They're they're now four and two. Their wins aren't that. Can, they they have more bad losses. I feel like than good wins. They have wins against the 49ers was good week one. I was a healthy 49ers. Then Washington, the Jets, and the Cowboys. Those three don't tell you a whole lot. <laughs> they lost to Detroit and Carolina, who I'm not sure how good either. The Carolina's tough. I, I don't think I'm buying the Cardinals as as a playoff team just because their next six games, they got Seattle twice, Buffalo, New England, Miami, and then the Rams. I, that, that's a tough little schedule. But I am buying Kyler Murray stock. I think he is legit. I think he's a franchise quarterback, a future MVP in this league. Tony, what do you think about the cards? I'm buying Christian Kirk. Um, he's proven mm-hmm. two weeks in a row. All of a sudden, he is the player that they drafted two, uh, three years ago. So – uh, I think with him and DeAndre Hopkins, all of a sudden that's a really significant speed on the outside of that of that offense. I I think the the Cardinals are the outside team looking in, and if they get hot and stay hot, they can beat anybody. But they're going to have to get some breaks, and so I think of all those teams we've talked about, they're the least likely to come out of the NFC West. But man, they could get lucky and run it. So if you want to go buy a future. And get some good odds. I think they're the ones to go get. Hmm. I would have to say, like the Chargers, they are fun to watch. They are. Fun they're probably to in that category. I think. Well, they're better record, but I think they end up in that category. They don't make the playoffs. They're going to beat some teams that are looking for wins yeah. late that need a win. But yeah, they're just going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a fun team. I see them nine, seven, ten, six, and unfortunately, NFC West ten uh, six is not going to get you in the playoffs. Yeah, will not. All right. So let's do the locks of the week. Like I said, we were winners three and zero last week. So let's see if we can replicate let's that. Do it. I got my I got my big chief Indian pad and my number two pencil. I'm ready to write these down. <laughs> Uncle Tony, who do you got? All right. So I have a couple, but I'm, I'm telling you, I'm gonna go straight out here. And the the one that I I really like, and this is gonna sound strange is okay I, I I'll give a second one if nobody else says it but I really like the Raiders at home as a home dog I'm seeing three and a half points against the Buccaneers the Raiders showed that coming into Las Vegas high powered teams coming in there overlooked the Raiders and I think they can beat them so I really like the Raiders uh Sunday night out there against the Buccaneers with three and a half points Interesting. So you got the Raiders underdogs at home yeah. coming off a bye, and the Bucks. Not only are they traveling across country, but they're coming off a huge win. Could yep. be a letdown yep. game. I really hmm. like the Raiders in that game. 
That one's interesting. I might, I might be with you. I might, you, you just talked me into it. That yeah. one didn't stand out to me, but I think you just talked me into it. Yeah. Uh, Pops, do you have one on that you that you got on your mind? Well, the one that really seemed to stand out to me is Carolina is getting nine at New Orleans. Nine seems like a lot. Nine seems like Mike a Thomas lot. Mike Thomas is back. And if he doesn't punch anybody, yeah. But I mean, you know that that uh, who's the running back that filled in for McCaffrey? Uh, Mike Davis. Mike kind of came back to. He's, he's a real. He's a real deal. I I do. I think he's a, he he is a stud. I think, and it looks like McCaffrey's out again. Is that right, Tony? Is yeah, he out? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's out. But you got Bridgewater, you know, coming back to New Orleans. Uh, I oh, think with, I didn't think about that. With, with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, perhaps. Uh, I just think nine's way too many. I think Carolina covers, so I'm taking Carolina and taking the nine. Yeah, I will tell you that line. What I'm seeing that line is down to, as of tonight to seven and a half to eight. Well, so, I got to bet in at nine. I got to bet in still Right now, <laughs> I'll bet on Well, I don't know. Well, by the time people hear that, it might change. But I yeah, agree, man. It's, Nine's a good line. Wow. That's a good line. So I'm going to go with, for mine, this, I don't think the number's not high enough here. This is a heavy favorite, but I don't think the number's high enough because somehow the Broncos beat the Patriots last week. I think the Chiefs are going to blow the doors off the Broncos. Ten and a half is what the line is right now. Chiefs are favorites. I think the Chiefs are going to want to come in, one, they're just a much better team. And then, two, they're going to want to get – they're going to want to play with their new toys. So, even if they get up, they're going to get Le'Veon Bell out there and try to get some action, let him get some touches, try to get the layer some touches to show that they're not going to like – he didn't lose his job or anything. I think Mahomes and them, it was rainy last week, kind of nasty. I could see that being one of those – 31 to 10 games or, or hmm. worse. Like I just, yeah. and sorry to LJ and those Broncos. I just don't think the Broncos are great. And they, they played an offense that wasn't explosive last week. The chiefs are anything but that they are very explosive. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, can I give you two more? These are peripheries. Of course. <laughs> so right now let's show our parlays though. Right now are our locks of the week. We got chiefs minus 10 and a half Raiders plus three and a half at home and Carolina plus nine going with the saints. But now that's our that's our locks locks. Now, here's we got Tony a little, throwing a five five game parlay. If you want if you want to put a little extra juice, I think Tony's got a little more for you. What do you got? I on the extra Tony? juice. I really like the Rams minus six on Monday night, um, and I suspect that line probably comes down. Uh, the Bears big win going back to the West Coast Monday night. Really like the Rams coming off that tough loss against the 49ers. We're going to see what the Bears are made of. I really like the Rams there and less than a touchdown. I like that. And then I don't care what the over goes to. I'm seeing 56. Whatever the over is in the Seahawks, Cardinals, take it. That's a 78-point game waiting to happen. Because, see, I think – Cardinals have a better defense, but they're gonna they're gonna score a lot of points on Seahawks, and Russ is not gonna just get completely outdueled. He's gonna put up some points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good call. Yeah. I like that one. I, I, I like, like that, that one better than I think the LA covering six. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, wow. yeah. You you can take your well, pick for luckily, your four game. You know, take your pick. All right, all right. The I good will. thing we got, guys, is Monday night we had to watch an NFC. I think we learned by watching the Cowboys on primetime. Let's just not get NFC East on primetime. So the next time we get them on primetime is. Thursday night, the very next game, we got the Giants and Eagles on on Thursday night. So if you need something, if you got something to do on Thursday, you can probably miss that one if it's anything like the Cowboys. God, and the World Series happens to be on an off night tomorrow night. That's just a shame. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's where I want to end with. I want to do a little bit of World Series talk. Just kind of, I want to get your, I think, if I remember right, 
we did this before the season start. We had Uncle Tony on to kind of get us some knowledge when it comes to some MLB. I think one Uncle Tony might have said he liked the Tampa Bay Rays in the AL. Is that is that correct? That's correct. Uh, and here we are. They're in. They're they're in in the World Series. What what is it that I haven't watched? I've, I've seen some Dodgers because they get more on primetime. The 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 Rays don't really at all. At least that I've seen, not as often. What is it? The Rays are just good pitching. Is that right? Yeah. And when we talked a few months ago, when the uh, MLB got back started, yeah, yeah, the Rays have one of the deepest bullpens in the in the major leagues. And they've got two really quality starters in Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. Snell is a former Cy Young Award winner. I think Morton maybe as well. But both of those guys have ex- have playoff experience, and that's what they're really rolling on. And then uh, Kevin Cash uh, manages a baseball team different than any other manager has ever done, uh, using that bullpen in multiple different uh, situations and 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 uh, he has pulled the, his starters in the fourth inning, the sixth inning. Uh, to put in his bullpen and roll them out, and and they're it's really been working so far, um, and uh, to take down the Astros in that American League World Series, the Astros were healthy coming into that ALCS, and and we all know they can hit whether they're cheating or not, <laughs> they can still hit, <laughs> and so their that pitching staff that the Rays have is is really really talented, uh, really good mix of of veterans and young players. And uh, I think the first the game in the World Series you saw last night, the Dodgers uh, kind of took it to them. But I think the Rays now have settled. A lot of younger players that are, are, are players that have never been in this situation. They're just getting used to it. And the Dodgers, they've got people there. Mookie Betts is a great, great ball player. He is so fun to watch. He is fun to watch. Fun to watch. I yeah. agree. Yeah, wow. the Rays, Rays. Yeah, when it comes yeah. to star power, the Dodgers are definitely winning the star power. But I mean, they got yeah. Mookie Betts, Bellinger. I swear, every time I, I, when he hits home runs, they just they just hit different. They go deep. It seems like, yeah. yeah. And then they got Kershaw, who gets yeah. paid all kinds of money. Yeah. They, they got the stars. Yeah, you know, I got to call out props to Prestige Worldwide for putting this stat out there. You know, the whole Tampa Bay Rays roster cost is twenty eight million dollars. Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw alone are $26 million. So, uh, you know, the Rays are doing it with, you know, uh, you know, with retreads and players that haven't fit in other locations. And they're fun to watch. I mean, and it's different. They, they went, they hit a lot of home runs. So, uh, you know, you never know when the lightning's going to, going to strike. And, uh, Hopefully Blake Snell and Charlie Morton will get them two wins here in the next couple of games, and they'll they'll be able to outlast and, and get get the the Dodgers into a seven game series, and that that bullpen will will last out. Yeah, that that I'm, I'm I've been kind of interested, and we you know they're up as of as we're recording this, they're up I think six three in the seventh inning. So yeah. who knows what happens who here in game two? Yeah. They. They could hold on, but game one, the, it did seem like the Dodgers kind of took it to him. Like Kershaw was was good, Kershaw, but that they had that little rally in that I think it was a sixth or seventh inning, and they had some runners in scoring position. They had that ter- that that double play where the that pitcher kept that yeah. that line drive, and I don't even think the pitcher realized he caught he, it until he like looked at his gloves, like oh shit, he got no, the ball went in my glove. Yeah, you knew he didn't know because the throw he made to second base was terrible. Because he turns, he's got oh. I've got the ball, and he tries to throw it to second base. He almost throws it away. Uh, that would have that would have been been a big difference. And that was the race were making some noise in that inning. And that was one of those where he just helped put his glove out and was kind of yeah. reacting to a line drive getting hit at him. And 
Yeah. You know, sometimes things work out. That's the did there. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I, I'm excited. I hope the Rays make a good series of it. The Dodgers are a really, really talented baseball club, especially offensively. Uh, they score in bunches. Uh, they also go score. Who's the best player on the Dodgers? Is it between Betts and Bellinger? Betts is probably the he's the definite uh, all around. But the, the Bellinger is great, uh, great hitter. And you've got Seager, who's a great hitter, playing at shortstop. Um, and then they've got some really talented uh, role players. They're very versatile. Muncie uh, uh, and um, uh, gosh, I'm going to forget the right fielder's name, but they they have uh, Turner. Uh, they can hit the. Is that the redhead? Yeah, they can hit the. He's ball. the one that looks like Tormund. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch, he looks like Tormund on Game of Thrones. <laughs> they can really hit the ball. They're they're a, a very very talented offensive ball club and. Uh, with a lot of the uh, a, a lot of uh, diversity and and Bip Roberts, their manager is a, I like Bip. He's he's been a good major league player and now a good manager. So I'm not rooting for him this year, but uh, um, he he's he's one of the good guys. So righty. I think well one thing is clear: the busiest man in sports this time of year is none other than Mr. Joe Buck himself. Look at it. This is a schedule recently: Sunday the Packers Bucks. Monday night, he did Bill's Chiefs. Tuesday, game one of the World Series. Tonight, Wednesday, game two. Tomorrow, he's got Giants-Eagles. Friday, he's got World Series. Saturday, World Series. Sunday, World Series. A break on Monday. And then World Series, World Series, and then Thursday night football. So he gets one break, and the rest (laughs) he's calling games. That dude never stops working. He must be flying all over the country. Golly. Bet his paycheck is nice, though. Yeah, Yeah, I bet it does. I bet it works out for him. I bet you Jim Nance wishes he has that schedule. He used to. Yeah, <laughs> Jim Nance gets busy around March time, right when the you know we get March Madness and then yeah. the the, uh, the Masters and stuff. Masters is coming up though, yeah. you know. So a tradition oh, yeah, that's unlike a, that's a, any other is coming up here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think that will wrap us up. Don't forget to go check out our guys over at Manscaped. We'll put a link in our description on uh, on manscaped.com and you can get a promo code there. And also, we gave you that that money money parlay with those locks. We, I mean, we're just giving out money. So, make it rain up in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, make sure to go, go over to Bet Online and put in the promo code armchair there, and you can get a little extra bonus on your first deposit and that'll do it don't forget you can get subscribe to our podcast rate and review us if you can it really helps guys we i'm gonna go catch some world series and then football this weekend and we'll do it all over again next week there you go thanks gentlemen peace Peace out. out peace